guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week's episode is sponsored by Yumchi, which is a delicious kimchi brand that is natural, certified organic, raw, and unpasteurized. It's 100% plant-based and naturally fermented in Hackney, London. It is not your average kimchi. It's packed with billions of gut-friendly bacteria, and it's got a mild and tangy taste. We absolutely love it. I'm a huge fan of kimchi. It's an authentic fermented vegetable dish, and you can eat it on its own, or you can pair it with other foods in soup, salads, stir fries, or even use it as a sauce. I'm a huge lover of avocado toast, eggs, and kimchi. The other thing that's great about Yumchi is that is female-founded. Yumchi is the brainchild of Japanese-Korean chef and kimchi expert Lily Harasawa. So as we said, Yumchi is 100% natural and full of plenty probiotic. We love the probiotic foods. If you want to check them out, you can follow them at Yumchi Kimchi on Instagram or head to their website, yumchi.co and check out their delicious kimchi. Yumchi is giving the Forking Wellness community 20% off their next order if you go to www.yumchi.co and use Forking Kimchi at checkout. That's all capitals, Forking Kimchi at www.yumchi.co. Enjoy! Hi guys, welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. It's just me and Sophie today. And today we're going to talk about mood and food. Food and mood, mood and food. (laughs) Did I say that backwards? I always say like food and mood, but you went in with mood and food. Oh God, I don't even know what I said. It just came to me. (laughs) But I'm excited because I love this topic and there's actually some really fascinating research around food and mood and Barry and I were just saying there's so many different avenues we can actually take on this topic so we'll try and be as informative as possible but if there's anything that sticks out in the episode that you're like I want more information on that then we can totally do a follow-up. Yeah it's quite a broad topic but then we can like like you said get like niche in a million different directions but I guess we can just start off with you know, how does food affect our mood or can food affect our mood? Yeah, 100%. I think as well, there's, I mean, there's actually really exciting research around um, the relationship between nutrition and mental health. We know there's a an association there. Um, but I think, you know, I, before I got into the kind of the nutrition industry, you know, before I got my qualifications, I honestly used to remember like Googling foods that could like, increase your happiness levels and it would be like bananas and I'd be like okay if I eat a banana then I'll feel really happy (laughs) (laughs) and it doesn't quite work like that (laughs) no but I mean like if then then there's also the thing of like oh you eat bananas they make you happy you like bananas and eating food that you like also makes you happy so there's this weird like another layer of if you force yourself to eat foods you don't like you probably won't be happy and if you eat foods that you do like you will be happy but then there's also the science behind why certain foods make us happy 100 percent. it's very confusing it is 
Um, so it's also important to remember that other factors can influence our mood. So if you feel like you're doing everything right and you've got this really well balanced diet and the foods you're eating make you feel really good, it's also to take sorry important to take into account what is your sleep cycle like, how much fresh air are you getting every day um you know there could be nutritional deficiencies what's your environment like what's your stress levels like so many different things but for today's topic we are just going to focus on the food yeah I think that's a good thing to say though that you know you can't achieve well I don't think that like food like eating a certain wet like eating all the foods that can boost your mood is not a guarantee for being happy but Mm -hmm. it it can help and it you have to make sure that everything else in your your life is working towards the same goals and like you said you're not overly stressed out you're not over exercising you're not deficient in any nutrients you're not missing out on sleep so this is just kind of one part of the puzzle but we'll kind of dive into a bit more deep into this aspect but please don't neglect everything else yeah Um, it's (laughs) just as important for sure okay so where should we start I feel like the first thing that people always think, or at least the first thing that I think when I think mood and food, food and mood, whatever, um, is omega-3 is. Um, yes. I don't know. Is that kind of where your brain goes first? A hundred percent. And I remember, I think I probably said this on the podcast before, when I was doing my psychology degree and it was like a month before exams or something, I'd put myself on like this brain health diet. Um and it would always be like rich in omega-3s because there is really promising research around, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like lower levels of depression in regards to how much omega-3 you include in your diet. Um, we know that omega-3s um, affect our cell membranes and can play key roles in brain development and cell signaling and things like that. I mean, it really is crucial. And the reason they're called essential fatty acids is because we can't make them ourselves. And we do need to be including them in the diet as, you know, you know, like I said, they play a key role in um, brain health, really. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of studies that kind of show this. So, you know, supplementing or eating a high diet in um, omega-3s has better outcomes, especially when you look at like depression and other kind of mental health disorders. But I also think it's interesting. I'm pretty sure I'm not 100% about this, but a lot of that research is also shows a higher effect or a more prominent effect on females than males which I think is really interesting and Mm -hmm. maybe it has to do something with hormones or just like the the different structure but I do remember reading that at some point I can try and find where I found that but I am pretty sure that it is um especially helpful for women yeah that's really really interesting um so we are advised to eat one to two portions of oily fish a week. So things like salmon, mackerel, sardines. Um, I get this question all the time. If you are not including those sources, you either need to be really conscious of your plant-based sources like walnuts, flaxseed, chia seeds, things like that. Seaweed. Seaweed or um, supplement. Like you have yeah. to do one or the other. Yeah, exactly. And th- as far as I'm aware, there's no really adverse side effects of supplementing. It's quite hard to reach a level that is dangerous. So if you're not sure, talk to your GP. But um, it could be helpful just to top up with a supplement if you are at risk of not getting enough of those nutrients, whether you are vegan or you just don't like those foods. Mm-hmm, for sure. When I was, I mean, I think it's it stays in your system 
long enough but when I was in my first trimester I just like couldn't face fish at all so I started supplementing so I was so paranoid I was like well because it is also really (laughs) exactly it is really important so EPAs and DHAs which are kind of um what omega-3s are they're really important for neural uh development and Mm -hmm. cognition and there is a ton of research to show that you know what you know exactly what you said what pregnant women have levels of those um, nutrients compared to those who don't and the cognitive, you know, functioning of children and how important it is in early development for children to also get that. So, you know, it is evident that, you know, EPs and DHAs are important for brain structure, which it's no surprise that it also has an effect on, you know, other brain things and our mood. So yeah, um, it's all, it's all there. Yeah. I was just gonna say, I love the way you worded that brain things. (laughs) Brain things, that's an actual <laughs> scientific term. <Yeah>. Look it up. <laughs> God, can oh. you tell it's Sunday? Yeah. Um, <laughs> for all those good brain things. I love that. Um, yeah, so that's where my head goes first in terms of food is I always think salmon and omega-3s, but that's just me. Yeah. I want to go back to the bananas thing as well because – um so supposedly they are rich in vitamins that help um synthesize kind of those like feel good neurotransmitters so things like dopamine serotonin which we've mentioned on the podcast before um but also they are rich in fiber and fiber has recently when i say recently probably in the last few years um it's kind of up and coming the research in regards to how fiber fuels our gut and there is this link between our gut health and our brain health which again is just so interesting I feel like we need more research but we have enough to kind of say at the moment there's definitely a link there and the two are kind of talking to each other and can be affected by each other and are yeah like I said talking to and signaling each other Yeah, so I actually did a whole chunk of my dissertation for my master's on this section because I did um, like the the link between gut health and recovering from inpatient anorexia. There wasn't a lot of research out there to ever show um, that a gut healthy diet can aid in treatment Um, Mm -hmm. because right now uh, we've spoke about it properly before, but there is no like recommended treatment diet it's kind of just like weight restoration and however you get there but there's really no consideration into like the nutrients and stuff like that from like a public health measure so my whole argument was should we should we prioritize gut health in recovery um Mm -hmm. to aid not only intestinal damage or like we always hear that phrase in um university if you don't use it you lose it in terms of like epithelial gut lining cells and things like that so that was my argument. And so what I had to really pull on was a lot of the research that we had for other mental health disorders and your gut. So I was looking at a lot of anxiety, depression research, major depressive disorder, and there is some some fantastic research out there. And I think what it comes down to is that when your microbes are fed fiber, they produce short chain fatty acids. And those short chain fatty acids can actually cross your blood brain barrier. Um, Mm -hmm. So they can go into the brain and kind of affect kind of your emotions and your mood and your thought patterns. And there's some really interesting research. I think it was on butyrate, which is like one of the short chain fatty acids um, that can have a really positive effect on people with major depressive disorder. So the research is there. There's also incredible research around like the gut and schizophrenia and 
the gut and even autism and things like Mm -hmm. that. It all comes back to that gut brain, you know, connection. And, you know, it's so interlinked. And I just think that if we could feed our guts, not only is it good for, like I said, things to, you know, the short chain fatty acids to cross the blood brain barrier and affect your brain structure and in a positive way, but also there's also ways that it can decrease like systemic inflammation. And that's also been shown to be something that people with depression or anxiety have higher levels of compared to people without. So I think it's like one of those multifactorial things where like you eat fiber and you have all these great health benefits. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really interesting to see the research actually say like, you know what, this short chain fatty acid is produced by this kind of food and this could have the effect mm. in this way for this emotion. So the research is there and it's really, really interesting. It is. And it's such a great example of how like you can find online, oh yeah, a banana is good for your mood. But when you actually delve into the research, okay, why is that? Okay, it's because it contains fiber. And actually, it's impossible that like a banana is going to like, you know, sort your problems out and boost your your mentality. But we need a whole range of different fibers because we know that from different foods and fruits and vegetables and whole grains, we get different kinds of that bacteria that our gut loves. So that's why Barry and I constantly bring up diversity in the diet, because there's no one food that is going to sort you sort you out altogether. Like you have to look at it as a bigger picture and, you know, a variety of things that you can be doing to contribute to your overall health. So, yeah, fiber is a really good one and again make sure you're getting a diverse ranges range of fiber uh, from different plant foods um, but also fiber helps stabilize blood sugar levels oh I'm so glad you brought this up um like <laughs> anecdotally yeah like if if there are days where one maybe I just have like a really hectic schedule and I'm mm-hmm. probably not eating as regularly as I do Or there are times like when you go on holiday and all you do is just eat like all the food that, you know, mindlessly. (laughs) Yeah, that you don't normally have access to. Yeah. Um, I always come back from holiday and I feel like crap, even though like it's supposed to like relax me and, you know, rejuvenate me. I always come back. When I do sissy breaks, I feel like I come home and I'm like craving a bowl of vegetables because you always get food on the go when you're doing sissy breaks. Yeah. And it's normally carb heavy. Yeah, exactly. And it serves that purpose, like you need energy and the carbs provide you that energy. And then kind of after you're like, oh, God, I'm craving something else. My body needs something else. But I think anecdotally on days where I don't have consistent meal patterns for whatever reason, my blood sugar goes really low. Not only am I like tired and lethargic, but I'm like a raging bitch and I'm so Mm. snappy. And, you know, that's definitely like irritability is like a sign of hypoglycemia and things like that. But, you know, keeping your blood sugar stable is not just good for your body, but it's good for your mood and your relationships with your friends and family. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Oh my God. And have you ever got to the point as well where like you've let it get way too long before like you last ate and like the time that you've needed to eat? And you're just so like frustrated. You're hangry. Yeah. But then like when you actually go to eat food, you haven't made a decision that you would have made because you're like, I need something fast, quick, like get something in me. And then you're like, oh, like I just 
like so uncomfortable now because I've I know exactly made mean. a poor decision so yeah blood sugar um keeping your blood sugar levels stabilized is really important which is why we do encourage things like whole grains over white grains most of the time obviously there's nothing wrong with white bread white white carbs white pasta but when you have those whole grain versions there's more fiber in them which again is helping to stabilize your blood sugar it's giving you longer lasting sustainable energy and it's not kind of sending you into that up and down like having cereal for breakfast for is, is a really good example of kind of spiking your blood sugar first thing kind of not giving yourself a chance first thing in the yeah. morning um because like two hours later you're going to be hungry you will be hungry because you haven't had enough substance there hasn't yeah. been you know enough essential fats or fiber in, in the meal um again nothing wrong with cereal but if you are someone who's struggling with this it might be worth um taking note yeah I completely agree. So I guess in terms of fiber, it's not just good for stabilizing your blood sugar, but it's also good for all those gut bacteria and all the benefits that we have there. And like we said, bananas are a great source, but you know, there are a million (laughs) and 10 sources of fiber. Um, And even like probiotics and prebiotics, we didn't like totally touch on that as like Mm -hmm. um, a food source of its own. So things like Greek yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, kombucha, things like that. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Okay. Um, should we discuss antioxidants? Yes. Let's. <laughs> so I always used to, I feel like because even before I got into nutrition, I actually, the part of my psychology degree I enjoyed the most was probably uh, neuroscience and the kind of the psychology of how the brain works. I just, even now, like if I didn't go into nutrition, I would have loved to have been like a brain researcher. I love that. It just fascinates me so much. So when I think of antioxidants and brain health, I think of blueberries because again, they were always on like the list when you Google brain foods. Yeah. Of like, you know, blueberries are really good for your brain. Yeah. <laughs> but again, totally. it was probably due to, well, it is due to their high antioxidant um, levels, which you can get from any berry. <laughs> yeah. Or like citrus fruits. Yeah. Well, but I yeah. guess any fruits really I guess it's like compounding though because berries are super high in fiber yes very so it's true. like it's another thing to just remember that like certain foods like you eat the food you don't eat the nutrients so you're mm. more likely to get other benefits from other nutrients in certain foods so berries have a, a double effect for sure but also <laughs> the kind of like the I think it's the purpley bluey berries so like blueberries and blackberries potentially raspberries they're, I mean, I'm not going to attempt to remember, but they've got some kind of antioxidant. Anthocyanin? No? Yeah, uh, it might be that. Yeah, it might be that. It's like a specific type of... Um, yeah, anthocyanin. Oh my God, Cy- you're so clever, as if you knew Cyanin, that. something like that. I, I remember we had to memorize to pass the RD exam all the different colors oh, of the different antioxidants in the foods that they relate with and that's the only one that's like really stuck with me because I feel ah, like um perfect for the podcast I know it's, <laughs> I didn't even prepare that um but yeah anth- antho anthro no anthro is no I think it's antho anthocyanin yeah, yeah. yeah. anyways so tell us about those anthocyanins that is Uh, specifically linked with so a a person who has a diet rich in fat um, is at a lower risk of depressive symptoms now that's not me saying if you include these you know you can cure or not suffer with depression we're talking about depressive symptoms so like low mood in general Mm -hmm. so 
that's pretty interesting so I mean I love berries and I include them in my diet in abundance and I feel yeah. great a lot of the time. <laughs> so, Anecdotally speaking, I feel yeah. <laughs> um, But it's also something I mentioned before was that people who suffer from mental health disorders also have increased level of systemic inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we look on a, um, a, you know, when we test the bloods of different people for research and uh, antioxidants, what they do is they basically just go through your body and just pick up all the free radicals and get rid of them. So they bind those free radicals, they make them more stable. And that way, you know, they're not causing any oxidative stress. But if you have an increased level of, you know, free radicals within the body, that can also increase systemic inflammation. So when you said that it doesn't, it, it mitigates the severity of the symptoms, Mm -hmm. that could also be something that is you know, in play in terms of, you know, the biomechanics behind it. Yeah, definitely. I hope we're not being too sciencey. <laughs> I know it is a bit sciencey. I hope this is not too like stiff of, a, yeah. a, you know, boring of an episode. But right now, what I'm gathering is that, um, so, so far I have a smoothie going in my head of bananas, flaxseed for my omega-3s, yeah. blueberries, uh, and then I need some fiber. So I might add some, you know, there's fiber and all of those things, but maybe yeah. I'll add some oats and then maybe I'll make it with kefir instead of, or Greek yogurt or something. So, there we go. <laughs> Your <laughs> ultimate build- brain health smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> we're building on it. Hopefully by the end of yeah. this podcast, we'll have like the ultimate, ultimate smoothie for you guys or some other thing. Maybe it's a yogurt bowl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, also, um, I think we actually have a really interesting section in our book, Forking Wellness on Food and Mood. And I do believe we speak about tryptophan. So maybe we could br- bring that up. Um, because again, that's something I always think of when we're talking about mood. I don't have the book with me. Um, Neither do I. <laughs> I, just, I, I haven't, I'm not like referencing it. Maybe I should be. <laughs> So what about tryptophan is beneficial for our mood? So that basically, I was actually going to um, bring the PDF up just so I have more of a reference. Um, So tryptophan is a amino acid and it can impact the levels of serotonin and melatonin in our body. So one that plays a role in kind of the sleep and wake cycle. So that's where this like old wives tale. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like, cause we eat Thanksgiving turkey. I mean, you guys mm, do it. For, I always uh, think turkey and turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. So like after a big turkey dinner, like the, the saying is, oh, turkey makes you really sleepy. It's the tryptophan. It makes you really sleepy. But it actually, that is tryptophan in tryptophan affects melatonin which Mm. affects your sleep wake cycle so I feel like that is not true like eating a slice of turkey Thanksgiving isn't gonna make you sleepy like the fact that you've just eaten a really big meal and your body's now taking the time to digest it and that requires energy um that's what's making you tired or maybe the wine that you drank yeah that's that's like we said at the beginning there can be so many contributing factors and like pinpointing one thing and putting all your hopes on it probably isn't going to be that helpful um but tryptophan's an amino acid um that obviously makes up protein so we find tryptophan in protein foods such as like barry said turkey salmon other poultry um eggs tofu nuts and seeds so it's you it's really easy to find and include in your diet um 
and like Barry said it helps make serotonin which is that neurotransmitter and again I always think of like serotonin like happy hormone mm-hmm. um, that can help regulate our mood and sleep so if you yeah. are not including maybe a protein source at each of your meals um, maybe that is something to look at as well yeah, definitely. I don't think I'm going to add turkey to my smoothie. Can you go over that list again? <laughs> Was we've there got, anything um, We've got nuts and seeds. We oh, okay. okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to add some nut butter. I, I mean, think... if you're really rogue, you could add some tofu or eggs in. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe, I guess, like, maybe some protein powders will have tryptophan as one of the essential yeah. amino acids in them. Um, but going back to what you said about serotonin, I think it's really important that we go back and touch on that because even though that is a neurotransmitter, so you think brain, 90% of our serotonin is actually um, made in our gut which is really interesting because if you have damage to your gut, you might have damage to your serotonin production. So things like if you have IBD or IBS, if you are eating a lot of trigger foods for you, so let's say maybe you have IBS and trying to think like garlic, onion, spice, those are always like really common trigger foods. Mm -hmm. And if you have a long spell of eating those, not only will you have digestive symptoms, but you'll probably also be suffering from a lower mood. And that can maybe be linked to the fact that one, you're uncomfortable and Mm. you might be in pain, but then also you might have a disruption to your serotonin production. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up. So it it all comes full circle. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's also talk about carbs because I feel like any chance to like put carbs in the spotlight and make them look good. Yeah, we are like the non-branded ambassadors <laughs> for carbs. Hard <laughs> justice. Because, and I feel like we don't, I feel like a lot of people might know this, some people might not, but the brain uses 20% of all the energy that goes into the body. So if you're eating like 2000 calories a day, let's say, that's like, 400 calories of that is just purely going straight to your brain to fuel your brain because we know that the preferred so sorry preferred source of energy is carbohydrates when it comes to fueling the brain mm-hmm. which is yeah. why if anyone's ever gone on the keto diet or a low carb diet or any kind of diet um that's lacking enough carbohydrates you probably feel really irritable really low mood sometimes like brain fog and you can't think straight it's so so common I think back when obviously Barry used to see clients we've both seen so many clients that you know suffer from this yeah and I'm just thinking like I I am not pro keto whatsoever Me neither. but I have like in my mind like what the community keto community is gonna like combat that with I feel like I'm always armed to like de like yeah drop the keto argument um but I think what they would argue is that when our body is in a state of ketosis and we produce ketone bodies those can fuel the brain but one it's not its preferred source of fuel like your body doesn't naturally want like if there was two exactly. options, it's like a last resort yeah it's the last resort and just because your body's able to do it doesn't mean that it should function like that for a long period of time and then the other thing I would say is that if you are eating um, a low carb diet it's actually quite hard to be in ketosis so if you're constantly trying to be like oh well I won't eat carbs and I'll just run on ketone bodies like 
that requires so much effort to like test your mm-hmm. blood sugar and it it's just not worth it. Like, let me tell you, it is not worth it. So yes, even though your body and your brain can function on ketones, it doesn't mean that it should. And so I am anti-keto diet, but I just wanted to say that because I feel like I'm always fighting the fight of keto. Yeah, I'm glad you did. <laughs> Rant over. Um. Let's also talk about caffeine because I feel like this is a huge one in regards to associating it with mood boosting because, and there's so many different arguments here because I mean, I'm not a, um, like I don't rely on coffee to kind of boost my mood or energy levels. Um, I'm obviously pregnant, so I'm not drinking at the moment anyway, but I've never had that kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I get, I've had a buzz off of coffee before, but like you and my husband, Ash, if you don't have it in the morning, yeah you're like the thing I don't get a buzz off coffee I just like you feel feel, normal (laughs) that you don't feel normal if you don't drink it it is exactly what I was gonna say and yes I am aware that is a sign that you are addicted to caffeine 100% I am not trying I am not trying to sit here and be like I don't feel the effects of caffeine because I do because if I don't have it I get a headache I'm moody etc I get it but that's interesting because, you know, I believe there is research to say that caffeine can kind of increase those happy hormones, but yeah. I don't, I don't feel it. I just feel a lack of those happy hormones if I don't have well, it. Well, it stimulates the nervous system. And I guess depending on how used to it you are or how often you drink it, it will, it will have different effects on different people. Yeah. I'm actually thinking right now, um, I associate coffee with just kind of like comfort but I think that's more of like a familial thing in the terms of my family. Like if we have like family over, I just remember like with my grandparents, like an afternoon, oh, I'll put the pot of coffee on. Like it was, it's like here, like oh, I'll put the kettle on. Do you want a cup mm-hmm. of tea? Like the sign yeah. of endearment. So for me, it's like full of comfort. And if I'm in a bad mood or if I'm like seeking comfort, like my automatic thought is coffee. But now I'm actually thinking is there a subconscious need for me to increase my, you know, nervous system? And am I actually getting like a hit of those neurotransmitters as well? I don't know. I never actually thought about it in that way. But I I mean, maybe. I mean, there's actually quite nice research to support those, you know, loyal coffee drinkers. Um, (laughs) Because it's a good source of antioxidants. Coffee is high in antioxidants and can help prevent. Yes. You need a good, decent coffee, guys. <laughs> yes, and like a good coffee maker that doesn't burn your coffee. because Oh, burnt it, coffee is the worst. Yeah, it's not good for you. So. Yeah, and again, there's kind of um, promising research around lowering risk of Alzheimer's disease and mm-hmm. Parkinson's disease. But again, you don't have to then go away and think, oh, okay, well, I need to drink coffee because, you know, again, like blueberries have been associated with decreased risk of Alzheimer's degrees so is sorry disease so is omega-3s so it's just again we're talking about like a food that they've obviously got other substances in it that you know is helping um support this research but my thing with coffee is yes it makes you feel good for maybe a while and then you get that like dip and I've seen clients in clinic who are literally in this cycle up until like that awful four o'clock slump and then they're reaching for another coffee and then that's affecting their sleep so you really have to kind of manage it in a way that genuinely is benefiting your lifestyle and I do think you do that Barry like it really does have its place yeah I agree your life 
And I know that if I have an afternoon cup of coffee, like I, not always, but I will sometimes be more restless in the night. And, you know, I'm aware of that. And I think, you know, that's just weighing up the pros and cons and making a decision that suits your lifestyle. And I totally get that from me. I genuinely think I would have the same benefits from an afternoon decaf cup of Mm -hmm. coffee than I would for a normal cup of coffee. And I remember when we were in the office pre-pandemic, I would always have a decaf cup of coffee because we had like an espresso whereas like here I don't have that I just have like a bean to cup machine and I can't like go switching out beans every time I fancy a decaf coffee so here it's it's not great but I remember in the office and I would have that kind of like that sense of like rejuvenation because it Mm. it was really just mind over matter wasn't it and it was just like it was just a bit of comfort but the interesting thing about caffeine is that, yes, it kind of like gets your nervous system going and you can produce all these, you know, neurotransmitters. But also if you are sensitive to caffeine, so you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine um, and it stays in your system for longer, it can also lead to increased anxiety for yeah, many. I was, yeah, I was going to bring that up. And actually, I used to be one of those people. I can genuinely tolerate oh, one shot of coffee and then I'm done. Like if I have any more, I you know it will be as simple as I'll feel my heart rate speed up and that's what triggers my anxiety because I'm like even though I know it's probably because of well it is because of the caffeine it just sends me into (laughs) that's the thing Ash is like I love that feeling and I'm like it freaks me out so that you and I mean I used to suffer with panic attacks as well so like I've had a bit of a journey with caffeine and now I feel like I can include it as and when um, I do I rely on green tea and matches and obviously I love dark chocolate which all contain caffeine but it's a different type of caffeine it's not like that hard hitting yeah, in your yeah, system yeah. adrenaline rush I will um, never forget I hope she's listening my college roommate my best friend Danielle um if you're listening sorry I'm going to expose you but she is like cannot handle caffeine like bless this girl like she (laughs) just cannot handle it and it makes her so anxious and even the thought of like even just like having a sip like she's just like she can't handle it and so I remember one night we were going it was like finals week and we were going to the library to study um and there's Dunkin Donuts on the way from our dorms to the library and we stopped and I got like a large coffee it was like 10 o'clock at night we were like going to study all night and I was just like at this point just like put it in my veins like get it in there as quick as I, I always think of you being like cause I remember you said to me once like I would so happily just have an IV drip with coffee <laughs> I know I really do feel like that um, <laughs> but she bless her she ordered a decaf tea and they must have given her caffeine because oh, no. we were sitting in the library and she just looked at me and she goes we have to go now like speaking through her teeth because we were like in the library and we could be quiet she's like Barry I need to go now I'm not okay something isn't right like she was having like a full-blown like panic attack and then it turns out that her tea was caffeinated um oh my god it was it sounds so mean to say it was funny but the way it all unfolded like in the library and you can't speak and like we were freshmen so like we were really young compared to like all like the seniors who were studying and it's like we literally sat down for 20 minutes and then left like how embarrassing to go to the library with these like Uh, giant cups of coffee and be like okay 20 minutes we're done yeah Um, literally oh my god it was it was like we joke about it now because she's like oh my god that one time I accidentally had like three sips of a regular tea and I was like not okay but you know it just shows like everyone's so different so different and like Um, I said you need to really identify as to whether or not it's actually benefiting your 
overall mood slash health lifestyle um but yeah I feel like we touched on a lot there we did and I do just want to say as well that just going back to because we we have mentioned specific foods and it's great to know that some foods have been associated with improved mood and obviously overall health but you really there's no you can't eat really well or whatever well looks like for you in a day and then expect to feel great like it really is to do with consistency and what you're doing over time and maybe don't even look at it as oh maybe you know I do need to change my diet to improve my mood maybe think how you know what foods are just associated with increased health because that is going to improve your mood you know there's no one don't go away from this episode and be like hey I'm going to stock up on bananas so I can improve my mood um just think about again diversity would be my my biggest tip Um, I agree lots of fruits and vegetables and your omega-3s obviously Uh, but just do it consistently over time yeah I completely agree I think it's like again it all comes like literally the theme in our podcast it's like it's the bigger picture like look at the bigger picture um and you really have to so I think that you know something we didn't mention but I just wanted to quickly bring up was the Mediterranean diet I'm certain there's a really good study I can't think of it right now but also shows the positive effects of a Mediterranean diet on mood compared to some other Western style eating. And I think what that comes down to is an abundance of fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, you know, a lot of omega-3 Yeah, I just acids. think of like oil-rich food as well, like olive oil and exactly. fatty fish. Olives. Yeah, exactly. So I think that when we look at traditional Western meals, and maybe that's a lot of prepackaged or, you know, high sugar foods, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You have to make sure that you are getting your nutrients as well. And I think this is that hard line of like, we're not telling you you have to limit X, Y, Z. But, you know, it is all about just making sure you are getting the nutrients and a wide range of different kind of foods, like you said. Um, and you'll have those positive effects as long as you're also sleeping, you know, moving your body, <laughs> managing your stress, you know, all of those things, staying hydrated. Yeah. Definitely. Couldn't have summed it up better myself. Um, it was a very but, long-winded sentence. You probably could have. <laughs> but I feel like this, I hope this was informative as we intended it to be. I know we got a bit science at points, but, um, you know, we're all about diversity in regards to the information we give on the podcast anyway. So if, like we said at the beginning, there's areas you want us to delve deeper into, like the gut-brain access, for instance, um, please write in. We read all your requests and emails so yeah thanks for listening and we will be back next week bye guys thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast as always please rate review and subscribe and share with your friends if you love this episode it really does help us get seen in the chart you can now also order our forking wellness book anywhere books are sold order it on amazon prime for next day delivery and barnes and noble in america and if you love the book we would so appreciate a review on amazon we absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it we'll speak to you guys next week bye